Bryce, what's good? It's Sharia from Survivor Season 15 China. I see you on your grind. I'm checking out your podcast and I'm loving it, especially advice with Bryce. I'm just trying to see when can I call in and give a little advice. Keep doing your thing. I support you wholeheartedly because it's a, it's a, it's a purple pants podcast. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You trying to unwind? You better get that box wine. It's the purple pants podcast. You trying to get your snack? You better hurry right back though. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Isaiah. What's going on, everybody? I hope everyone had a good week, a good weekend. I know a lot of us have celebrating Passover, a lot of us celebrating Easter, so you know it's a lot. You know, it's not the conventional way that we probably were used to celebrating holidays, so we kind of had to adjust a little bit, but I feel like, you know, it's always good to welcome adjustment, but Welcome to you first-time listeners and for you return listeners. If you guys could do me a favor real quick before we get into this podcast, if you could subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, the Purple Pants Podcast, if you could like me, come on, give me some five-star ratings and write your baby boy a review. I absolutely love reading the reviews. I think they're like just so interesting to see what you guys think of the podcast, but yes, now before we get started, let me wet the whistle. Hold on. Mm. <sighs> baby boy. Is just drinking some lemon water this week because whew, we've been on lockdown for about four weeks now. And, you know, the lockdown is something serious. And whew, for the first, like, three weeks, baby boy was really just eating, eating, eating. So I'm really trying to get, like, cleanse myself. And, you know, but I don't want to be too hard on myself because it is a lot of adjustment for all of us to kind of be confined in the house. So I'm just trying to take it day by day, step by step, and, you know, just really trying to change my eating habits and really kind of making it a pattern. Because a lot of us, like myself, I can just get some Cheetos and I could be in the bed and that's it. I'm chilling. So I've really been trying to get active, you know, doing some home workouts. Last week I ran, I went for a run twice. Um, and, you know, this week, hopefully I'm going to try to go for a run three times. I've been really kind of like, you know, watching my portions, drinking a lot more water. Because, listen, baby boy was getting a little big. But, you know, it's all right, you know, because we got time. You know, on lockdown, we got time. So now I got time to get my summer body right since I'm in the house. But how's everyone doing? I hope everyone is doing well. I'm excited for this episode. So let me just give you the rundown. I've got the church announcements. I've got the menu. On the menu, we've got Survivor News. Uh, I'm covering this week Insecure, the HBO show Insecure. I'm also going to talk quickly about Housewives of New Jersey, not New Jersey, Housewives of New York. Uh, we've got the Purple Pants Picks. I've got Advice with Bryce and the Freak of the Week. Woo, Chile. So let's jump right into the Purple <laughs> the Purple Pants Podcast church announcements. So I just have one thing on the church announcements, and I just want everyone to just think about just being grateful um, because I, I know a lot of us, a lot of people, I read the tweets, I see people like posting things on Instagram, and a lot of us are just kind of like ready for us to get out of this quarantine, ready for us to get out of this lockdown, and really kind of like 
get back to our regular life. And I am one of those people that probably tweet about it too. But I just wanted to remind us that like, you know, sometimes in life when situations happen to us, it's always good to be like, you know what? It could be a lot worse. So I'm just trying to say that like, you know, although we are confined to our house, we are blessed to have a roof over our head. We are blessed to be able to have food in the refrigerator. You know, we blessed to be able to have cell phones where we can listen to this podcast. So I just, you know, just try a little humble that it could always be a lot worse. And just think that we are actually staying inside to be safe. Um, and, you know, we're not trying to contract COVID-19. We're not trying to spread it. So it's important for us to just, you know, just be grateful. Things could always be a lot worse. Um, so, you know, I just, and I'm telling that to myself too, because sometimes I wake up like, oh, I want to go to the bar. I want to go to happy hour. I want to go to the mall. But you know what? I'm like, you know what? Situations could be a lot worse. And, you know, sometimes us as, in this country, we haven't really experienced a lot of things that other countries have experienced. And so if this is the worst of the worst of us having to stay in our house and be locked down, you know what? I'm fine with that. You know, there's things that I need to get done. There's just, you know, t- spend the time with me. You know, I live by myself. So, you know, 24-7, I be by myself. And But, you know, I'm really kind of like getting to know myself and kind of just like figuring out my ways. Another tip that I would tell you that I've told you guys before is like, you know, make a checklist about things that you guys want to do during the day and really check it off because it really gives you a sense of accomplishment. Also, try to make yourself a routine and try to stick with the routine. And the routine really helps with like the time passing by. And it also helps kind of like just with your morale. Sometimes it's like, oh, what am I doing? I'm just watching TV. I'm not doing nothing. But if you got a schedule like, oh, wait a minute, 1230. Let me get my pushups in. Wait a minute, one o'clock. Let me get on this conference call. Oh, two o'clock. Let me call my mom. Oh, four o'clock. Let me figure out what I'm eating for dinner. Like, so if you can kind of get yourself on a schedule, it really can kind of sort of like help the time go by fast, which has been working for me because listen, I work from home a lot of the time. And so, you know, I get up and I'm just working and you know baby boy I could get up from the computer I could walk around I could do some things and so I've really been trying to like give myself a schedule to kind of like you know not only with my healthy eating but like working out and a schedule time um where I, I try to do like 12 30 in the afternoon every day I try to like call somebody in my phone that I normally don't talk to you know that's just kind of sort of my way of reaching out but you know, that's the church announcements for this week. And we're going to keep this menu rolling. And we are back this week with our Survivor News. But we have a special guest filling in for our baby boy, Jack Atkins. We have none other than Missy from Season 39, Island of the Idols. Welcome back, Missy, to the Purple Pants Podcast. Yes. Always a pleasure, Bryce. Always a pleasure. Yes. Well, how you been? We ain't talking a while. So what's the tea? What's going on? How you been? How you holding up in this quarantine? Wow. I'm glad you said tea. Let me sip mine. <laughs> um, I think I'm doing pretty good. I feel pretty fortunate. I'm at home. Home now, right? Let me clarify for the fans. I do live somewhere. I'm not homeless. <laughs> yes, Missy is not homeless. <laughs> Mind you, I always tease Missy because every time she be doing podcasts, she be in like McDonald's, she be at Starbucks. I'm like, well, girl, where is your home? You know what? I go where the Wi-Fi leads me, <laughs> and that's where it was the strongest that day. But I decided to settle down for the quarantine, and I'm in Denver, and I'll be starting graduate school, business school this summer. Wow, yes, oh, come on, come, come on. on, black girl magic, you better get them degrees. Oh, multiple, this is the third, come on, yeah. can yeah. we do four, can we yeah. do four? Come, come on, die. <laughs> 
oh, Missy, I'm not about to do this with you because you know I could do this <laughs> all day. Now, first of all, before we even continue, you do not have that um that hoodie on because you know I hate that hoodie. Honestly, let's just say I'm glad this is not a visual podcast. <sighs> Does that mean you have the hoodie on? I keep it with me. It's oh, good luck. Stop. Stop. It's what the people want. <laughs> who, who are the people? You and yourself? <laughs> exactly. That's all that matters. Uh, okay, let me just 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 5, 4 3, 2, 1, 1. Ooh, all right. Chalet. All right, now let's get into this, this week's Survivor Girl. So what you got? So what did you think? So first of all, first, 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 first. Ooh. I know, I know, I know. We got a lot to, to get over. So what do you think so far of this season winners at war? Wow, okay, yes, from the top. Um, R.I.P. Wendell. That was my winner <sighs> pick, obviously. Um, the season's pretty fun to watch, I think. I try to look at it from a fan perspective and from a player's perspective. As a fan, it's all my favorites. It's all the people we grew up watching. So that's pretty cool. And then as a player, I kind of felt like Adam, when Denise wanted to give uh, her idol to poverty, like what's going on here, right? So it's really cool to be able to watch as a player and to see all the mistakes and all the good decisions. So I always say this whenever I talk to like a former survivor and especially you, because this is the first season that you're watching that you are not like that you were, you're not a player. Isn't it so surreal? Like when you watch it back, like, oh my God, like I wonder, like, you know, now that you kind of sort of like, you know what it's like to be a castaway, isn't it like such a weird experience? Oh, it's so wild just to be sitting at home. And you're no longer on the TV, but they're still at your <laughs> beach, right? Like the the yeah. merge tribe for season 40, they're at Lyro. So I'm looking at this camp like it's Lyro, but it's just crazy. It's a whole new group of people. And now it's people that I know because I'm also alumni. It's the wildest oh. experience. Yes. And I know you have to just be like after like, you know, your season, you took a lot of heat. So I'm sure you are like finally like you know letting your hair down like oh i can watch survivor without like any drama i can just enjoy the show again yeah it's so nice i think fans get so passionate i love that your cousin said that once the fans are passionate Um, (laughs) the fans the fans are so passionate and i love it so much and it it was a lot to be on tv and to be going through it but now i sit back i'm in my drug rug still on the couch and i'm watching just like the fans and, you know, I'm coming to the, at the players just like the fans. So I totally get it all love. But it is definitely nice not to be the villain of the season anymore. Well, you know, you are the villain of my heart. So, you know, <laughs> it doesn't even matter. So let's get into this episode, last week's episode. So we know that on the edge of extinction, ugh, you know, this is the first episode watching my brother on the edge of extinction. Um, you know, they had a challenge where they had to find the... Uh, I guess what it, they had to find the clue. And I guess the clue was like, something you know. Right. Um, and so, you know, they all go scurrying up. And I don't even really like how to, Natalie, you know, since uh, Ben, I'm about to say Ben, since Wendell and Yule were first, like, you know, kind of. The oh, she people. said it. Ooh. Yeah. She, she said was, it. She was like, yeah, I, I just let them kind of go uh, because, you know, she wanted more of a chance to find the clue. When she uh, said it, though, it kind of hit home. She was like, Wendell ate three days ago. I was I like, tra- ooh. You're right. He did. It I wasn't mad. I mean, you know, <laughs> it don't matter. It don't matter if he ate two hours ago. But it is always so funny to me, like when, you know, now that 
the edge is so large. I always find it funny when they get the clues and they like work together. Like, bitch, if I'm on the edge, I ain't working with none of y'all right. hoes. I'm going to get my clue. I'm going to sit at the beach, read it, and then I'm going to just take off running. And then I'm going to burn it. And then right. you're never going to see it again. Yeah, I don't like all this sharing kumbaya. Like, what is that? All y'all got voted out. What are you right. doing? So, and that's why I kind of was like loving to see my girl poverty, like with this, like, you know, diabolical Ooh. scheme of yes. finding it and being like, I don't want to share with all these people. Like, I, that's what I'm here for. Like, Please. yes, yeah. we're on the edge. I'm still playing Survivor, ho. You know what? I just feel like so many people's edits are very revealing of who they are. And poverty is that woman. Like, poverty is on top. She is the queen for a reason. Why would I want to share it? Why should I share it? You know, and then you have other clips of people trying to give poverty things. No, like she's in charge. So, yeah, I don't I wouldn't have wanted to share it either. I wonder, I think maybe you're just even more desperate on the edge because, you know, I've never been. So maybe you're that much more desperate to where you're like, you know what? Maybe we really are in this together because it's that crappy. Like it's already shitty to be starving on the island, but maybe this is worse somehow. Child, they first of all, they just seen Tyson get back in the game. So no, and they seen these fire tokens and they see what they could do. So no, it ain't no let's work together. It's like no. Okay. You so, know I agree with you. You know you know what I would be doing if I were out there. Listen, you child you everybody would have the uh everyone would have their clue and you would just run and snatch them all and put them in the water. Like I like I wanna see action like that. But oh, I guess done, yeah. You didn't get a chance to read it. I'll tell you what it said when I feel like it. Right. But (laughs) I guess, you know, you do have to live with these people 24-7 and you're just on edge of extinction. So I guess it is good to be politically correct. Uh, But it was really good to see poverty just like, you know, kind of like saying like, listen, I'm playing for myself um, and my close allies. And it also makes me wonder like if she kind of like brought Ethan in. Who did she brought? Was it Amber in or Ethan in? Danny. uh, Danny. And I'm wondering if she's seeing, like, how Boston Rob's wife, Amber, gave him a fire token. I'm wondering if she's like, if I let these people in, the next time that we have a challenge, maybe they'll put all of their stock into me, and Mm. I can have a better chance. Because, like, you know, I would love to see Poverty get back in the game. Like, you know, obviously, I want my, you know, my baby boy Wendell to get back in there. But I, as a fan of the show, you know me, I stand for Miss Poverty. That's my girl. So. I definitely, you know, just love Harvey. Who are your favorites outside? You, We know we team Wendell over here, but who are your favorites outside of Wendell on the edge right now? On edge, I'm team Nat. Team Poppy is a is a given, but I'm all I'm Natalie all the time. Like that's my girl. I'm all Natalie all the time. I have a crush. I want to meet you, please. Like that's oh. yes, yes. Child, you always trying to shoot your shot. Always. Okay. But 2020 yes. future shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. But I have to say, like, I um I am a fan of Natalie's uh, on this edge. She definitely is a beast. Um, I definitely wanted to see her get back in that challenge. Uh, but you know, kudos to Tyson. Yeah. So, I love Tyson. I love the keto diet joke. I love yes. it. <laughs> so let's take it back into the game. Um, and now we have this challenge. And the last time that I remember seeing this challenge, which on my season, Kakiyan. Um, you know, baby boy was already out. You know, I was already on Ponderosa by the time this happened. So I never got to compete. Uh, but the funny thing that the first thing that came to my mind when I seen this challenge, I don't know if you remember, uh, but I believe on my season, it was like Tony and Wu were the last two people standing. And like right before Tony, uh, was like about to fall off. He was like, good luck, Wu, and like jumped into the water. Right, exactly. Yeah. So this challenge is, I wanted to do this challenge from watching your season when I was getting ready to apply i bought a land surfboard 
for this challenge. Like I've been practicing for years just to do this one challenge. So it was really cool to see Wu and Tony do it and then to see it repeat on season 40. And it's wild too, as an alumni, you can kind of tell, I think, which players or which body types are meant for these challenges, right? Definitely. this challenge is small feet. So any of the bigger guys, for the most part, you're out. Then goodbye. Jeremy, I see you in there. Adam, I, w- I would think that you would do well. And then <laughs> typically a woman is going to win this challenge, right? So it made sense for somebody like Wu. He's a little bit smaller. Adam's a little bit smaller. And then, of course, Kim is just that meditation beast. So it makes sense she pulled it out. Definitely. And I don't know what it is about Kim, but I like every scene that I see her in, she just always looks so gorgeous. I'm like, oh girl, what, what are you doing out there? Because, like, you look so good. And I always tweet at her. I'm like, ooh, Kim, you look so good. And she's like, oh, stop, Bryce. I look a mess. I'm like, no, girl, you look cute. Don't get me started. Kim, I, you know what? You're right. Shoot your shot, 2020. <sighs> Listen, when I first started watching Survivor, it was Kim. I was like, that is the woman I want to play like. Like, that is very cutthroat and ruthless, but you're doing it with a smile. I want that. And so yeah. to watch her now, and she's killing it, and she got a necklace, you can't tell me nothing right now. Definitely. I. But I do. what do you think about her game this season? I think Kim has been playing a very low-profile game. I keep trying to think about it, right? And it goes back to, like, player perspective and then a fan perspective. Either it's super low-key, and that's a good thing, or it's being edited in a way where they don't want us to see too much too soon. Right. So, so maybe it's going to pick up later on. But, yeah, what I've seen from Kim is not what I think the Kim fans would expect. It's like, where are her speaking parts? Where is she? Where's her screen time? But I ain't mad at that because it's like, if that means she goes further in the game, exactly. I'm so here for it. Exactly. Yeah. So but I haven't, I haven't said anything yet. Definitely. But it does definitely kind of sort of make it seem that, um, that, you know, she's just playing a low, low profile game, especially her being, well, I guess like Kim is considered, she's, does she make that she's considered new school, right? Um, she's 21 or 24, so I would say new school. Okay. But so, I, mean, I don't know if she follows the seasons like that. You know, yeah, I don't right, know if she right. continued watching. So I, I maybe like in a psychology sense, I put her old school. Right. I would, I would, that's, you just summed it right. I, for some reason, she gives me like old, not like that she's old, but she gives me like just the mantra, right, of yeah. an old school player. However, like, you know, she's very much still young school and hot and popular. So they get back to the island where after they get back from the challenge and it just seems like, um, or wait, so we jumping around, but the immunity, I can't even talk about you. I had a little cup of coffee. I ain't have coffee really this whole quarantine (laughs) and baby boy is just all over the place. So we just kind of covered the challenge, but let's get to the reward challenge where we see, uh, at the end of the reward challenge, Sarah gives up her reward for Nick and his birthday. Now, yes. when I when I first saw this, I thought of one of my best friends, <laughs> Rodney, Rodney LaVoy <laughs> Jr. And you know I had to call him. And Rodney's like, you can't, you can't believe that. You know? You, you should tell Mama C that. I'm like, you still mad at Mama C? He's like, no, no. 13 years later, he still got something to say. <laughs> He's like, no, Mama C's my girl. But I'm just saying, like, you know, they didn't do anything for my birthday. I'm like, oh my God, he is really on this. So I was like, all right, Rodney, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you cool off. I love him. Wow. Now, you, we know that Sarah, she says, well, I just wanted to do it out to... Well, that's not how Sarah talked, but, you know, <laughs> I just, I'm going to just give, I'm going to give Sarah a little twang on it. You know, I, I just want to do it because it's Nick's birthday. Right. Now, girl, do, are you buying that? 
I mean, so it's it's confusing, right? Because in her confessional, she stuck with it. But y'all, newsflash, ding, 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 we can lie in confessionals. So what I'm thinking is, yeah, I think it has to be gameplay. They're all winners. Right. We're at the merge. So, like, it has to be. She knows that she may not be that well-liked. She knows that people know that she is with Tony. So, yeah, let me go ahead and gain some favor. Right. And, I like, I mean, I just, for me, I was a little, like, you know, I had to text there, but, like, bro, what is you doing? Because <laughs> it puts such a huge target on your back. Why are you, why, why would oh, you, girl? Jeremy girl. said it plain as day. Jeremy said in my season that I did not win, I did something like that out of the goodness of my heart. And y'all know what they did to me? They voted me out. Right. And then he I, looked at him. He's like, let's vote her out. <laughs> right. I'm just like, you're not fooling anybody. And like, I mean, mind you, kindness of your heart or not, girl, this is Survivor for $2 million. Stop playing. And mm-hmm. I liked, right, too. Child. And I liked when Tony was getting her together. Like, oh. whoa, 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 what are you doing? You know, you're going to put a talking to get back. And, you know, right. but she she still was trying to, <laughs> trying to stick to, you oh, know, the, like, right, yeah. that she was doing it, like, just because it was his birthday. Girl, you better. She got a little him. defensive. Like, right. Your, yeah, that's your alliance member. So, you know, obviously, the child, if I was out there, listen, I'd have been enjoying my, uh, my uh, ooh, 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 what's my big child? Uh, my general toss chicken, okay, child? Listen, I ain't sharing that. Right, y'all are hungry. You made the merge. You need food. Yes. So you know, after that, now that you know, we can put that back into context. You know, we had the immunity, the reward challenge, and the immunity challenge. After the immunity challenge that Kim won, it seemed that we got back to camp, and it just seemed like all hell broke loose, or it just seemed like there was not a clear identification as to who. They wanted to go home, and it seemed like everybody. I love the fact that the scenes where Jeremy, where they're like Adam, he's like, yeah, 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 Adam. They're like Nick, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go with Nick. Like, you know, they're they're all over the place. Yeah. Um, and I definitely love to see Ben and that Adam scene when kind of like you know, love Ben. It. Ben got a little aggressive, you know, and I, I loved it. Like, yes, baby boy, like, let's not be silly nilly, Ben. Let's For two come. million dollars, yes. say what you got to say, and if you don't want to say it, I'll walk away. Let's come with the heat and the smoke. And I thought what was interesting to me was that in Adam's confession, he made it seem as if, like, you know, look at how Ben's talking to me and all of this stuff. But, like, am I wrong or am I crazy? But the whole season, I felt like Adam has been undermining Ben and, like, down-talking Ben. Right. Okay, so the editing, I will say, for this portion was very good because it had me questioning what I thought was actually happening, right? So I think Ben was accurate in what he said and saying, hey, I have heard several people, Adam, say that you have said my name. Just tell me those names and let's talk about it. When Adam got defensive, I think that was the truth. I think Adam had been saying that, had been going around doing that, and he got caught. In all season, yeah, in all season, I think you're right. I think Adam's never truly been with Ben. I said, yeah, like, no, yes, you can say that officially I've never written your name down. But that doesn't mean that you haven't persuaded others to do similar things, you know? So, yeah, I think Adam was gaming, and I think he got caught. Absolutely. He got caught multiple times, and I just feel like he he continued to weasel his way uh, through. Now, Adam hasn't been my favorite player this season just because he just kind of gets caught in these, like, traps of Mm -hmm. different things. Uh, But I definitely think he was entertaining to watch. And then we see that with Adam thinking that it's an idol at, you know, the podium, in Survivor, I'm like, now, in my mind, I'm like, ooh, this is going to be so good, because if it actually is an idol, like, oh, my God, what is going to happen? Wow. 
Wow, yeah. I love them showing the flashbacks of him, like, looking at, this, at the trophy case and, like, wondering and then also describing it back around camp. And I was trying to figure out, why did they show that if it wasn't really real? But do you think it's because when you get voted out, in my mind, this is like a theory, right? In my mind, there are three reasons, there are three times you can talk without changing the edit, where they can't fix what you're saying. And when you're getting voted out, they can't ask you to put your torch back in and, and to re-snuff it, right? So when Adam got voted out, he was just talking about the idol, the fake idol, talking about the fake idol. So I think in that way, Adam forced the edit to make them show that. Because if he would have just said that and we didn't see all those pre- those pre-clips, we would have had no idea what was going on. Right. And I got to give it to him. Like, I would, you have to try that. I think Jason in my season, I don't think it made air, but Jason tried a fake idol. We all knew it was fake. But if you know you're going home and you truly know, why not? Listen. <laughs> okay, I would as soon as we got to tribal, I would have just ran up there and oh, yeah, touched it. First. Like I wouldn't have even waited because first. then, like, because I feel like that way, if nothing would have happened, then he could have maybe had time to like maybe do a little cleanup work, or he could have scared them. Maybe he'd have been like, "All right, guys, I just want you to know this is an idol in the stand. Jeff does not have to confirm it right now." But since I'm the first person to touch it when we arrive, it is in my possession and I can play it tonight. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> girl, girl, that just sounds crazy. <laughs> Yo, but it's crazy enough to make everybody back up off me. It's like, oh, 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 okay. I see. Child, then Jeff would have been like, no, this is not an I don't know if he would have talked yet. I think Jeff is all down for the ratings. Jeff is well, down tr- to let it play out. True, 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 true. And that's what, I mean, although I am... Like, not that sad to see Adam go. I am probably going to be sad to be yelling at Adam, like, what are you doing? This definitely. whole thing. <laughs> so I definitely did not like Adam's edit, uh, but I did love his weaselness about Survivor. And I feel like, you know, you have to play Survivor like that a little bit. I felt like he could have cleaned it up a little bit. But so I can't say that I was sad to see Adam go after we see how kind of the votes break down. Um, and, you know, he tries to play that idol and that was just so awkward. <laughs> Wait, no, the best part is when he's like, so is it me to my, tonight? And literally, they just oh turned God. off all the audio for 10 seconds. Cricket, 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 What would you do? I would just sit there and cry. I would excuse myself before my torch gets up. <laughs> and, but in that moment, in my mind, I, maybe still 20% of me was thinking like, ooh, if you, if you get that idol, this is going to be something crazy. savage to decide when, okay, y'all want to be quiet? You don't know what I got. Man, that's some dirt. That's some, oof, bro, that's legendary. That's iconic. Oh, So, I mean, and then Adam goes home, you know, not home, but he goes to the edge mm-hmm. and he enjoys uh, well, not enjoys, but he just with the rest <laughs> of the people. And so now we have next week's episode coming up. And then I've seen the previews on CBS. Uh, so it looks like it's going to be the loved one visit. Yeah. But it's kind of early to have the loved one visit. But this is kind of like my all-time favorite episode um, of the loved one visit because it just always makes me cry. And then it looks like family members are going to be there. You like saw you the know, kids, right? The yeah. kids. Ooh, you, you, know, you know baby boy has a soft spot. For kids, so I um I got to get my tissues because I just ooh I'm getting misty eye just thinking about it. Oh my goodness, I might not be able to watch it. You know, I cry quite a bit, contrary to my edit. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, yes. Well, thank you so much, Missy the Bird, to stopping by the Purple Pants Podcast to help me break down this week's Survivor news. But before I let you go, is there anything else going on in um 
your world. What's going on with your videos? You know, because I love your videos that you be doing. What's popping? Like, let us know what's going on in your world. Wow, I love you so much is the first thing that's going on. Um, so, yeah, so in quarantine, I'm working on, I'm learning the guitar. So I might do a video on that. Um, reading a couple of books. I'm going to have a cat video coming out pretty soon. <laughs> it should be really funny. It's how to give CBD to your cat if anybody's uh-huh. thinking about doing that. I've been dosing this cat for about a month now, and I have the video down. And then April 14th, so two days away from now, April 14th, we're going to go live on Hearts of Reality's page, me and Aaron. We're going to do some uh, Survivor trivia questions. Ooh, that is amazing. And what's the name of your YouTube page? Oh, gosh, why do I love you so much? Okay, YouTube channel, it is The Missy Bird, M-I-S-S-Y-B-Y-R-D. And there's everything on there from traveling to Survivor alumni. There's some clips in there of Bryce, of Wendell, all my friends. Anything that involves my life, it's on the YouTube channel. Please check it out and subscribe. Yes, and definitely you need to check Missy's videos out. Um, and I, one thing before I let you go, because you know I love to talk. Uh, I love Missy's videos because, mind you, they're, they're just, like, so indicative of Missy's personality. Uh, they're just so funny. And each video that she posts, she gets better let's go and better and better (laughs) and they're just like so they're they're amazing so you guys should definitely check them out and let her know what you think but thank you again missy it is been a pleasure and you know child i'm a big time sometime soon but it's a purple pants podcast all right y'all all right one of my favorite shows on hbo is called insecure um it stars Issa ray um and the new season season four premiered this Sunday, um, and it is, I just love Insecure. Um, and so let me just kind of give you a little breakdown of Insecure. Insecure is about a, a female named Issa. She's in her late 20s to early 30s, um, and she is kind of like a quirky, funny type of girl. Now, in the first season, Issa had a boyfriend named Lawrence. Lawrence was unemployed. Issa was working, um, and, you know, Lawrence had this dream of getting an app out, but, you know, Issa was not really happy with Lawrence, kind of like his motivation in life. So, long story short, Issa kind of cheated on Lawrence. And, you know, throughout season two, he kind of found out about it. They broke up. Broke up. They broke up. And Issa and Lawrence were together for five years. So, this kind of, like, storyline of Issa and Lawrence always kind of comes back into play um, throughout the season. Then Issa has a best friend named Molly. Molly is a lawyer. She's well-educated. Um, and Molly is, you know, a top lawyer. And she's very bougie. I love Molly because she's like, I always say, bougie She's like a little bougie, a little ghetto. But, you know, she's got a well-paying job. And that's Issa's best friend. The next friend that's another main character on there is Tiffany. Tiffany is uh, one of those like, now, Molly is bougie Tiffany is, whew. She is bougie. She's like one of those friends that's like always the uppity, 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 uppity. Oh, what time is tea? What time is tea? Where, where you know, where's everyone going? Um, and Tiffany is currently pregnant. She was pregnant last season and she's still pregnant in this season. And then the last friend is a friend, Kelly. Kelly is the wild card. Kelly is a bigger girl, so she's like the bigger friend of the friend group. But Kelly is, you know, if we had a freakiest freak. Kelly will be the freakiest freak. So she's always, like, meeting new guys. She's always kind of, like, hooking up with guys. Um, and she's crazy. If anybody need to fight, something need to happen, they go to Kelly. So those are kind of, like, Issa Rae's main friends. And then we have Lawrence, who was, like, Issa Rae's ex. So this season really starts off with Issa after, let me just also break this down to you. Issa and Lawrence, when they lived, when they were together for the five years, they lived together. 
parents moved out, Issa couldn't really afford the, the apartment. Issa had like a job at a nonprofit that she really didn't love. Um, Issa got laid off, and so she was like unable to kind of sort of afford the apartment. So she kind of went back and forth. She stayed at Molly's house before. There was another guy that she was dating that she stayed at his house, so she didn't really have her own. Towards the end of season three, Issa kind of sort of got herself together a little bit, and she got her own apartment. And she is, she doesn't have to pay rent. She is, I don't know what you call it. Not She's not the landlord, but she is like the, and not the maintenance person, but she's like the person that everyone goes to for issues in, uh, she's the property manager. So she's the property manager of this building. So she kind of gets her rent for free. And also at the end of season three, Issa had this great idea where she wanted to start um, a block party. And Issa lives in California, um, like the Crenshaw area. And, you know, there's a lot of gentrification going on um, where, you know, a lot of people, they are like, you know, property people are coming in, building up the property and kind of sort of pushing, you know, the African-American people out or making it so they can't afford it. So Issa had this great idea that she's like, you know what, I really want to start a, a block party that will really kind of let the neighborhood know what's going on, a way to get local businesses involved um, and kind of just more a community support. And so she's really been working on this idea. And so we see at the start of this season that, you know, she's working with this young lady. Now, you know, I can't remember nobody's name, so don't go with me, but I'll remember the names. But so she is working with this young lady that she met last season at Tiffany's Baby Shower. And this lady is like really kind of helping her out. She's like maybe a little older than Issa, uh, but she's super, super cute. So she's helping Issa like, you know, get sponsors, really picking a date. And so, like, the main theme of this episode is that Issa is throwing a mixer to kind of get sponsors and companies and local businesses to kind of, like, buy in to the block party so that they can sponsor her so she'll have funding. So, but the T is this girl that is helping Issa at Tiffany, you know, she was at Tiffany Baby Shower. At Tiffany Baby Shower, um, Issa's ex-boyfriend, Lawrence, was there. And so this girl and Lawrence kind of sort of like, you know, exchange numbers. And we start to see at the start of this season that they've been kicking it. So, you know, and Issa doesn't know and neither does the girl. Now, Molly, she recently, uh, in a couple of seasons, like season one and season two, Molly was working at a law firm and she really wanted to make heart. Um, she was the only African-American female at her law firm. And she just kept getting like passed up for the opportunity to be partnered. So at the last time that they passed it up and kind of gave it to somebody that wasn't even at the law firm um, that long, Molly decided, you know what? I ain't taking this no more. I ain't doing this. So she went out and she like started working for a new firm, an all African-American firm. And so Molly is like, oh, you know, like, oh, this is going to be fun. Just like, you know, but Molly kind of sort of has issues um, at the firm because it's like she came from a, a very corporate firm. And not that this firm isn't corporate, but she's like, oh, I'm going to be working with all African-American people. Like, I could be like, hey, what's up, y'all? And they like, mm, no, it don't really work like that. So Molly is really kind of having a hard way to find at her job, but she's still good at her job. Um, and, you know, she, she the bomb. So she actually started dating this Asian guy named Andrew. Now, she really wasn't into Andrew. Uh, Andrew was super into her. She wasn't into Andrew like that. Uh, but she was like, you know what? I'm going to go on a couple of dates. You know, I'm going to chill. I'm going to see what's up. You know, child, listen, I, child, listen, I'm on lockdown. Where where date for me? Where Listen, I take an Asian Andrew. Now, mind you, Andrew might be Asian, but he's super cute. He got swag. And so, like, we see in season three, Molly really kind of wasn't with it, but she kind of sort of was like, you know what? Let me go. And so we see at the start of season four that Molly, 
you know, and Andrew going on dates, and it seemed like Molly really feeling him. And, you know, Molly is like, oh, okay, I'm like really liking him. He's sweet. He's fine. So, and the last friend is Kelly. So, ain't really nothing going on with Kelly because she's crazy. So, then Issa is going to the friend who is helping her with the black party. She's going to her office. And then uh, Tiffany shows up. And so they all talking. And Tiffany, uh, I'm sorry, the girl that's helping Issa, who's telling me what the whistle is. You know, I'm going to mile a minute. Hold on. So, the girl that's helping Issa, she got flowers at her desk. And Issa, like, ooh, new bag, who this? So, when Tiffany arrives, Tiffany's like, ooh, girl, you got flowers at your desk. And she's like, is this the guy that you met at my uh, baby shower? And the girl's like, yeah. And so Issa's like, oh, the baby shower? So Issa didn't know she met him at the baby shower. And obviously, at the baby shower, there really wasn't a lot of men there. There were only, like, two men. And one was, like, Lawrence and one of Lawrence's friends. And so Issa was like, oh, okay. And so it kind of started getting awkward. So then Issa's friend Tiffany was like, okay, girl, I'm going to tell you the tea. She's been talking to Lawrence. And Issa's like, Lawrence? And so obviously Issa knows that this girl is, like, you know, fundamental in having this block party. She's so knowledgeable. She knows a lot of people. And so Issa tries to kind of sort of play it cute, like, oh, yeah, I used to talk to Lawrence, but it ain't nothing. But really... Issa inside is going crazy. So later that day, the girl has a date with Lawrence at Lawrence's house. They're supposed to be watching, you know, TV and popcorn, you know, a little quarantine and chill, you know, AKA Netflix and chill. So when the girl gets to Lawrence's house, uh, she's kind of like, you know, a little fluster. And, you know, Lawrence is like, what's wrong? She's like, I think, you know, the girl that I'm telling you about that I'm helping for the party, I think she's your ex-girlfriend. And Lawrence is like, Issa? And so it just creates this extremely awkward scene uh, between Lawrence and this girl. And Lawrence is like, are you going to still help her? And she's like, I mean, I don't know. But at the same time, remember that Lawrence and Issa have been together or were together for five years. And secretly, I want Issa and Lawrence to get back together, even though Issa cheated on him. But I still feel like, you know what? We can make it work. You know, we can make it work. Lawrence still loves Issa because even after Lawrence was like, you're still going to work with her? You know, he even, like, kind of reluctantly says, like, yeah, she probably really needs you right now. You, you should probably help her. But the girl is kind of like, like, how long was y'all dating? And Lawrence was like, five years. She's like, five years? That's a long time. So she kind of sort of ends the date. She's like, you know what? I have to go home. I, I just need time to process it. So Lawrence is like, oh, okay. Now, mind you, she was supposed to bring Lawrence to the mixer that Issa is having. So, the day of the mixer comes, and obviously, like, you know, Issa doesn't have a lot of funding, so she's using the people that, you know, she knows. She's got a gay brother, so he's DJing. Um, she's, like, low-key, uh, date, not dating, but hooking up with the security guard. He's a little chunky, but, you know, she's hooking up with him, so she's got him working the front door, and... You know, she is like it kind of putting it together and she's having it at the courtyard at the building that she works. And so, you know, that potentially creates some issues, but it kind of sort of works out well. So the girl comes and Issa's, Issa's like, hi, um, just again, awkward. And so I guess Issa was kind of like building up the courage to tell her, like, even if you're dating, you know, Lawrence, I don't really care. But, you know, Issa started off with, I know Lawrence. And then the girl was like, mm, Lawrence isn't coming. She's like, you know what? I'm going to go help them set up at the tables. And so the girl like, kind of takes off. And, you know, so they're kind of working the room very, very awkward. 
Then we fast forward to Molly because Molly is coming to the mixer and she's bringing Andrew. Now, on the way to Andrew and Molly uh, going there, uh, Molly's like, so what you doing this weekend? You want to go on another date? And Andrew's like, actually, I'm kind of busy uh, Friday, but any other day, I'm good. And so Molly is reluctantly and jokingly is like, oh, what you going on a date with somebody else? And Andrew's like, yeah, like, you know, I am seeing other people. Are you? Now, here's Molly, like, you know, some guy that I really wasn't attracted to that much, uh, but I gave him a shot. And so, like, here I am. You're, you're talking to somebody else. Now, in the grand scheme of things, him talking to someone else is not really a big deal because they just getting to know each other. They just started dating. But I guess Molly is in this, like, phase in her life where she really wants to settle down. And she feels like, if I'm giving this guy a chance who's not really in my league, like, how dare he be talking to somebody else? So Molly kind of sort of keeps it cool. They arrive to the mixer, and, you know, Molly immediately separates from him because he's like, you know, she's like, go give me a drink. So she sees Issa, and Issa is kind of, like, stressing out because Issa is meeting up with these business owners, and, like, her pitch to the business owners is sucking. Like, you know, one business owner, they're like, she's like, oh, you know, the, um, the, the, the black party is going to be, you know, real chill, real good. And like the one business owner is like, well, we're really looking for a, a fun event. So then the next business owner she goes to, she's like, oh, the black party is going to be fun. It's going to be great. And then this business owner is like, well, I'm okay with fun and great, but I need to know how are you going to like be able to get my business out there? Like, what is the business awareness? So she's like, oh, okay. So then the next business owner that she meets, she's like, the party going to be fun. You'll be able to get your business promoted. And then the guy, they're like, well, is this going to be a political party? Because, like, you know, I'm campaigning. And he's like, yes, it's going to be political. Then she meets somebody else. And, you know, she's like, oh, the party's going to be fun, business aware. You're going to get your business out there. And the person's like, well, I don't really want it to be a political. You know, our business, we don't. She's like, oh, no, 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 no political. So Issa is, like, stumbling all over the place. Molly gets there. And Molly is, like, really bothered by Andrew dating other people. And so Molly kind of sort of is, like, you know, wanting to use her best friend to lean on her best friend. But Issa is just so wrapped up in her own head that she can't, she like, okay, y'all just started dating. Like, who cares? Like, you know, girl, I gotta get this. And so Molly feels a little slighted by that. So Molly continues to work the party. And then, so, you know, Issa's brother is the DJ. And so all of a sudden in the middle of the party, y'all know Kaya, my neck, my back. All of a sudden in the middle of this, like, you know, very professional party, they start playing Kaya the song. All you ladies, yo, like that, oh, shake your body, don't stop, don't mix, oh, all your legs pop, yo, like that, oh, shake your body, don't stop, don't mix, just do it, do, okay, that's my song, that's my song, that's my song, song, I'm trying to tell y'all, that's my song, and so all the business people are, like, looking around, and they're like, what the, and so he's just like, what are you doing, play a different song, and so as she, like, is up on the stage, and she notices all the business people, starting to leave, and so she really kind of takes it upon herself to get the mic, and she's just like, hi, guys, um, I really just want to talk to you. I know that I'm speaking to a lot of people and I've been telling you different stories. And then so she really goes into like the heart of why she wanted to create this, you know, black party, which is like, you know, with the community changing, she really wants to give the people in the community a voice and, you know, really kind of like, you know, empower the community. And so with that speech, it's really touching all of the investors. They start buying in. And after she's finishing her speech, all the investors is like, come and come and come and come in her trying to sign up, trying to sign up. So, you know, and the girl, as Issa is like talking to all the investors, the girl kind of looks at Issa and she's like, you know, good job. And Issa's like, thank you. And then the girl kind of like leaves off. And so the event turned out to be a huge success. 
And so it's like Molly and Issa are left by themselves to help clean up. And so they're kind of like, you know, short with each other because Molly obviously feels some type of way about Andrew. And Issa's like, girl, I got so much other stuff to like worry about. Like, I can't give this my full attention. And so, you know, when Issa tells uh, Molly the fact that the girl is dating Lawrence, well, actually, Molly found out from Tiffany, you know, Molly is like, girl, that's messy. She like, well, everything in your life doesn't have to be that messy. And Issa's like, what? And so Issa kind of sort of have an attitude from that. And so even as they're like cleaning up, they are like, it's this tension for me. And then in the beginning of the episode, it starts off with like Issa saying, on the, she's on the phone. We don't know who she's on the phone with. She's like, yeah, I'm really not that cool with Molly no more. And then the episode starts four months after that. So obviously we know there's a falling out between Issa and Molly, which I don't want it to happen because I love me some Issa and Molly. But we kind of start to see the breakdown of that. Then, whew, shalak. So, you know, the girl that's helping Issa, I'm a, you know, next podcast, I'm going to figure out her name. But the girl who's helping Issa, you know, she leaves, the, she leaves the mixer early. And so, you know, next thing we know, it's a knock on the door. We're like, what the hell? So she's at Lawrence's house. And, you know, the last time she left off with Lawrence, you know, Issa raised X of five years. It was really, really awkward. So, you know, he's like, I'm glad you called. And she's like, yeah, you know, I'm glad. And he's like, so are we good? Are we good? And then, whoo, Shalek, they start to have the sex, the good sex. Now, the one thing about, um, you know, Insecure is they always have a lot of passionate sex scenes. And they always have a lot of hot, hot things to look at. So I love, I love, love, love the sex scenes. And so what makes it even more awkward is as we see Lawrence and this girl getting it on, Issa is still at her house kind of cleaning up and she texts her like, hey, thank you so much for helping. I couldn't have done it without you. And obviously she's texting her to that while she's at Lawrence's house. So, and what I just, I, I love, and that's really the episode, but what I love about, you know, Insecure is that, first of all, I love to see people on the screen that look like me. And that, like, I can relate to their storylines. Like, you know, where Issa is in her life, she doesn't really know where her way is. She had a job that she didn't really love. And, you know, so she quit. And so it's just really kind of similar to me in a lot of different aspects. So it's like, you know, when I can see people on the screen that look like me, that are hella funny, that, like, get the jokes that I get, I just love to see a podcast like that. Or not a podcast, a show like that. So, listen, I'm trying to tell y'all, Insecure, Sunday nights, 10 o'clock. This is season four. And they're only 30-minute episodes. So that is, like, the best thing ever. Because, like, you don't have to devote all your time to it. But, listen, so much funny. It's so good. And, listen, if you got HBO... Go back and watch the first three episodes, not the first three episodes, the first three seasons. I'm trying to tell you, it definitely will not disappoint, okay? So I'm going to try to cover it you know, Insecure because it's one of my favorite shows. And I'm just like, you know, I want to cover the shows that I like and that like, kind of sort of speak to me. And I always get something from Insecure. And I always feel like, you know, they like they speak to us people that are in our early to late 20s or early 30s. It's just like, you know, it's good to see like, oh my God. And it's all about representation. So I love it. Um, so let's keep the minky moving. So Housewives of New York started. And I love, first of all, Housewives of New York is one of my favorite franchises. You know, it's up there with definitely Atlanta, definitely Potomac, um, and then the Housewives of New York. So, you know, this season, Bethany did not come back. So that was like the big drama. Now, mind you, I didn't finish watching the second episode, but I did definitely see the first episode. So I just want to give you guys a rundown of, like, where all of the characters are. Um, and then, you know, we can kind of, like, move forward. Let me know if you guys want to hear more of 
you know, Housewives of New York, because I love it. But I really want to give you guys the content that you want. You know, a lot of times y'all like, ooh, baby boy, I don't listen to the show that you watch, but I love it. But I, I, I want us, you know, we go together. So I want this to be a, a us thing. But we got Ramona Zinga. Turtle time. You know, Ramona is you recently single. You know, she got a very public divorce with her husband, Mario. She sold her New York apartment that, you know, she's always famous about talking. And she's really been kind of sort of living in the Hamptons. What I love about Ramona is she is so rude and like says, like, she's just like one of the rudest people that I just know. But I love to watch Ramona because it's just like, she acts like she doesn't know what's going on, but she really knows what's going on. Now, Ramona might be 60, but, you know, she got a new boob job. She got her new haircut. And so Ramona is hot. She got a nice little fit body. And Ramona is always after the men's, okay? I love if, if this was the Golden Girls, Ramona would definitely be Blanche, okay? So Ramona is discovering her independence. And, you know, she's got, you know, this new apartment. She has a new apartment, too. She sold her main apartment, but she got a new apartment in the city. And she's been living in the Hamptons for the summer. You know, these New York girls, they go to the Hamptons in the summer. I don't know nothing about the Hamptons. I know about the Wildwood, okay? I know about the Atlantic City. So, um, you know, and she really kind of divulges to some people at a party that, like, she really is kind of suffering from, like, you know, being lonely. She doesn't really want a husband, but she wants kind of, like, a life partner, a companion. Girl, Ramona, I get that, okay? I just want somebody to text me back on this lockdown. Somebody text me back. So, then we also got, you know, my girl, Luann, don't be all uncool. So, you know, Luann got arrested a couple years ago for assaulting a police officer. Um, she's been on probation. She started, you know, the Countess. Uh, what, what you call it? I'm about to say the uh, the cabinet, not the cabinet. She started the Cabernet, you know, Countess and Friends. And it's been widely taking off, like selling out shows, like really, 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 really doing well. Um, and so a lot of the housewives, ain't really like Luann because they felt like Luann, as the cabaret got taken, got, you know, started to go up, she kind of just was like, I'm so much better than you guys, which she really is. But I don't even be mad at Luann for that a lot of the time because I feel like now Luann was another one of the housewives that she was an original housewife and then they pulled Luann from the show and she got demoted to a friend of the show. So she was like a friend of the show for two seasons. And then she kind of sort of came back as a housewife. And like, you know, a lot of the girls hated on her because Luann, you know, she was the countess. She was married to the count. They got a divorce. And then if they got a divorce, baby, Luann was listening, wetting the whistle and hitting up these young guys. So she was like really living her best life. And then it kind of sort of caught up with her. Then she was getting married. Then she got married to this habitual cheater who basically they were married for like 10 days. You know, he was cheating on other girls. She went through this like horrible divorce because all of the girls was like, girl, don't marry him. He cheating. He cheat. Listen, he still, might, he still be trying to talk to me. So, you know, she got a divorce from that, started the cabaret, and really kind of started feeling herself. And mind you, I ain't mad at the Countess. I really like the Countess. The Countess is one of my favorite answers. So, this season, we see Luann is off probation, okay? She no longer has to like... <sighs> Blow her breathalyzer. She don't have to do all of that stuff. So she's living her best life. And she's really kind of sort of reconnecting with the girls because um, she really had a falling out. Like, the girls kind of considered her liar. They thought they were better than her. And so last season was not a good season for Luann. So I'm really... And she had a huge falling out with my girl, Dorinda. But they're on better terms. Now, segue into my girl, Dorinda. 
Now, I love me some Dorinda. Uh, Dorinda was, I, and I don't know, she was married. She had a husband, and her husband was, like, extremely wealthy. He died, left, you know, Dorinda the money. And, you know, Dorinda had a daughter, not by this husband, but she had a daughter. Um, and so, you know, Dorinda is accustomed to a certain lifestyle. Now, Dorinda dates this guy named John, who is in the cleaning business. John's a little chunky, but, you know, Dorinda sets very clear rules for John. Like, John can come over twice a week. Other than that, she needs her space. Um, and Dorinda can drink. Dorinda can wet the whistle. And a lot of times, when Dorinda wets the whistle, baby, I'm trying to tell you, Dorinda lets them know. She really cusses people out and gets in their face. And that's the one thing that I like about Dorinda is that she'll let somebody know in a second, okay? I don't want to go toe-to-toe with Dorinda. I mean, obviously, I cuss Dorinda out. But, you know, she really, when Dorinda drinks, she'll cuss you out in a second. And a lot of times, it don't really make sense, but she cusses you out. So, Dorinda is throwing an end-of-the-summer party, Um, you know, the girls are returning from the Hamptons, and really, it's like, that's the main focal point of this first episode, it's like, you know, she wants to get everyone together, and especially since she's on better terms with Lou, Lou, and her and Luann were, like, really, 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 really good friends, and they had this falling out, and that's the one thing that I always hate about the franchise of the Housewives, it's like, you know, the best friends that start off best friends, they always kind of, like, fall apart, like, Nene and Cynthia, um, you know, what's her name? Lisa Vanderpump and uh, Kim's sister. Uh, you know, and so it always makes me nervous for the House of Potomac because I really love Giselle and Robin, and I don't want them to have a falling out. But, you know, Dorinda and Luann are on better terms. Now, there is a newer housewife named Tinsley. Tinsley is like a trust fund baby. Uh, she got arrested. Uh, and, you know, she's like, she reminds me of like a, a Paris Hilton, Britney Spears, like, very, like, debutante, and, like, you know, she's very privileged, and, like, you know, but I like Tinsley. She's been on and off dating this guy named Scott, who has a lot of money. Tinsley Tinsley only seems to date up. She only seems to date men that can take care of her. Tinsley, girl, call me. I need to figure out how you be getting these these people with these money. Let me know. Tell me something. So, um, Tinsley has this on and off relationship with this guy named Scott, um, and so one day they date together, one day they not. And so that really kind of sort of bothers Dorinda because Dorinda really feels like Tinsley has an arrangement with Scott. Like, you know, he pay her bills and, you know, basically like, you know, she sleeps with him, pretends like she's his girlfriend, he pays her. Whatever their relationship is, it's like that's her business, not Dorinda's business. But Dorinda doesn't feel like, you know, Tinsley keeps up with her. Now, mind you, Tinsley is about 10, 15 years younger than Dorinda. So, you know, Tinsley's nice and cute. Not that Dorinda ain't cute because Dorinda got a nice new haircut this season. She's killing it. So, Dorinda at the reunion really got into it with Tinsley and really made an accusation like, girl, you in some type of arrangement with Scott. You're saying you broke up with him, but people are reporting seeing you together. Like, which one is it? Why are you lying? So, after, you know, the reunion, you know, they start filming again, Dorinda sort of has this party. And Tinsley comes. Tinsley brings her new friend, Leah. So, we'll get to Leah in a second. But, you know, Tinsley's there. Dorinda's there. Now, mind you, Dorinda is at her party and she's drinking. And so Tinsley, like, you know, says hi to Dorinda. And she's like, but, uh, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And Dorinda's like, yeah, 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 come on now. Mind you, I know when Dorinda is drunk, okay? You can just tell. And so Dorinda's trying to act like she's not drunk. And Dorinda's like, uh, let's have this conversation another time because, you know, I'm about to be drinking and I don't want to drink after this conversation. But, baby, the, the conversation goes from zero to 100 real quick. So Tinsley basically says, like, you know, I don't appreciate you calling me a liar. And those are, like, fighting words 
to Dorinda. Dorinda's like, well, I don't really know. Who. They just get into this huge kind of fight. But just like, Dorinda, you just said you wasn't going to talk to her like that because you drunk. So, Dorinda, you should basically just say like, okay, I hear you. Thank you so much for coming to my party. So, then we've got uh, Tinsley's new friend, Leah. So, more young blood to the Real Housewives of New York. You know, a lot of the time, the New York girls are like kind of 55 and older. So, Leah is, I think she in her late 20s, early 30s. Uh, she is a business owner. Uh, she's got a daughter. Um, she's not married. And she's very, very, like, spicy. I like her a lot. One of the first things that she says when she meets Luann, uh, Luann is, like, telling her about her arrest. And Leah's like, well, girl, I was arrested, too. And so, obviously, that makes Luann feel comfortable. And so, we can kind of see that um, in the previews of this season that Leah, when she drinks, she kind of loses control a little bit, you know. Um, but Leah was there when Dorinda and Tinsley were getting getting it on. And Leah didn't really like that. And so Leah kind of has, she doesn't have any choice words for Dorinda just yet. But obviously we can see it's coming. But I think Leah is actually really, really cute. I like her relationship with her daughter. I like the fact that she is just like down to earth. She seems more somebody that I can hang out with. And, you know, not that I don't love the other girls, but the other women of the show, they seem like they're on a different echelon. Like, they just hold themselves to a different caliber. And it's just like, it's fun to watch, but sometimes I can't really relate to it. Leah is definitely somebody younger, cute, hip, kind of gets it, like that we definitely can kind of sort of get it together. Now, the last person, but definitely not the least, is my girl, Miss Sonia Morgan. Okay, Sonia Morgan is a mess. Um, I, I just love everything about Sonia. Um, Sonia was, again, kind of sort of like Dorinda, married to a, a very established Morgan, uh, had a divorce. She got to keep her townhouse, which was like, you know, her pride and joy. Her townhouse was really nice. Like, you know, they had that size space that she had um, in New York. But, baby, it was so outdated. It was so old. She got all these dogs. But Sonia really couldn't afford the life to maintain the life so much. So she eventually had to sell it, um, which was definitely kind of hard for Sonia. Um, and so Sonia sold it, and she got a new apartment in New York. Now, baby, so her apartment is small. Like, you can definitely, the one thing that I like about Sonia is that she really kind of sort of keeps it real. And obviously, we can see that, like, Sonia, obviously, she's not broke, but she definitely is not keeping up with, like, how the rest of the girls are keeping up. And, you know, past seasons, Sonia's had issues with, like, alcohol. She seems to kind of overcome it. Sonia's always kind of like, you know, trying to get these ideas, uh, how to make money. She used to do this toaster oven. She wanted to do a toaster oven. She does have the Sonia Morgan collection that seems to be doing well. I be seeing, uh, and they sell it in Bloomingdale's, and I, I see a lot of her ads online. But Sonia just really don't have her life together. She likes to date the men a little younger, which I'm here for that. Um, and she seems to be like very loosey-goosey. Now, remember I was telling you about Luann and her husband? that not the Countess, but the husband that she was married to for less than a year, that was like, you know, she and child, that was one of Sonia's old boo-boo things. Um, but Sonia has kind of sort of changed her life around. She really changed her diet. But I don't know, like, Purple Pants Posse, tell me if what you think this is. Now, I, I'm not accusing Sonia of anything, but a lot of the times I get like Sonia is like a pill popper. Like, you know, I, I get like she'll take a Xanax. Because a lot of times Sonia seems like loop. Like, it's hard to put my finger on it. But she definitely seems like loopy. But listen, the kind of loopy that I love. Um, and so, you know, Sonia's back and, you know, she's kind of still trying to build her empire. She just sent her daughter to school and she's saying that she's so sad. But maybe her daughter was in boarding school. So her daughter was never really home with her. So I don't understand her going to college. What's the big deal? 
but she's, you know, really kind of saying like, you know, they're growing up and, you know, she's not going to come home. She's not going to need her mommy. Girl, she always going to need you. So the next episode is really about uh, they want to go to the Hamptons. And so uh, Ramona is going to host everybody at the Hamptons. And so Luann has this thing about getting a good room. She feels like the girls will slight her to get her a good room. Baby, they put Luann in the basement. And Ramona is like, you know, you have your own access, your own bathroom. But baby, the, the basement ain't really that it. Now, I didn't really finish watching episode two, but the next podcast, I'll finish episode two, episode three. So I love me, the Housewives of New York. Let me know what your thoughts. Let me know who your favorite housewife is. And let me know what housewife you are most like. Uh, the housewife that I would have to be most like, I would probably have to say, I'm a little bit of Luann. I'm a little bit of Dorinda. And baby, I want to be like Tinsley. But yeah, so that is going to conclude this week's menu, the meat and potatoes. Now let's get right into the purple pants picks. You pick, I say, it's the purple pants picks. Oh, now listen to some of you new listeners, some of you. Some of you old listeners, every week on my social media, Bryce Isaiah or the Purple Pants Podcast, I post a story Friday or Saturday uh, with a pair of purple pants, and I say, drop some topics. You want to hear me talk about TV shows? You want to hear me talk about music? You want to hear me talk about headlines? Just put whatever you want in there, and yeah, baby boy, we'll cover it for you. So, this week on the Purple Pants Podcast, I've got non-binary boy writes Dirty Money Season 2. Now, mind you. All of the rage. Everybody been talking about this Dirty Money season too. Now, I started Dirty Money the first season earlier this summer when I went to South Africa. Uh, but I did not finish it. So I'm excited that now I have a new season. And a lot of the people on Twitter, the Twit Twist, they saying it's, 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 it's evil this season. So I'm like, ooh, wait a minute. Let me get it. So non-binary. I did not get into season two, but it's definitely on the radar. Um, then we've got Drew M. writes, one housewife you wish you could come back. Oh, that is so simple. I've got two housewives that I wish could come back. One of them is from the Real Housewives of New York. I need my Jill Zarin back. ASAP. Okay? Get her back. And the next housewife that I need back is from Atlanta. I need Phaedra back. Okay? I, I, I need my girl Phaedra back. Phaedra could read and shade you down. Now, although I don't condone what she did to Candy, she lied on Candy about some sexual allegations. Didn't appreciate that. But, you know, time heals all things. And, you know, they, they brought other housewives back. Why y'all can't give Phaedra a shot? And, you know, the way that, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, the way that this season is going, Nene is really at odds with a lot of people. And so Nene is one of the one people that is, like, continuing to root for Phaedra to come back. However, you know, because she lied on Candy, uh, Candy is saying, like, if Phaedra comes back, I'm walking off the show. And obviously, Phaedra and Candy used to be best friends, and they had a falling out. But Candy is one of the most consistent housewives. You know, always got a storyline with her family, her husband, her children. So I definitely am pretty certain that if Candy puts her foot down about Phaedra, that she would walk. And I don't think Bravo would want to lose Candy. But I'm sorry, I'm here <clears throat> for Miss Phaedra. Miss Phaedra Pops, okay? So then we've got. Annie S. writes, microwaving a frozen chile. Now, I don't see nothing wrong with that, okay? Because you, you can. Because, you know, on week one and two of, you know, my lockdown, baby, I was, you know, I had my little DiGiorno, you know, the rise and crust pizza, the personal ones that, like, they were the frozen. You can make them in the oven, but 
they had that box where you can flip the box out and it kind of sort of has a like metal i don't know if it's metal but something like silver thing on the bottom and you can put it in the microwave and they'll heat it up so i mean although i don't love it out of the microwave i like it in the oven or you know the toaster oven not sonia morgan's toaster oven but you know a regular old toaster oven baby i love me ooh, ooh. see y'all trying to have me backslide y'all know i am you know on week one and a half of this new lifestyle change of drinking water Ooh, i could go for a DiGiorno. who pizza not in the microwave though but i have had it in the microwave though but you know pizzas are really good for the microwave when we were younger my mom used to buy us i know i might be saying this wrong so don't judge me for being sponsored but my mom used to buy the like the Elio's or the, the Elliot or the Elio's pizza back in the day. Now they weren't that good, but baby, I used to love to come home from school and pop them joints in a microwave. Chalet. Ooh, thank you. Ooh, y'all got my mouth watering, but listen, I got some grilled chicken and asparagus to eat. <laughs> so what else do we have? Um uh Australian Ashley writes, Have you watched Little Fires on Hulu? Baby. I hear all of the, you know, my good, good girlfriend, Sarah, she is always talking about Little Fires, and I have not. First of all, um, I believe I have a Hulu account, and I have yet to log into it. So, I listen, I got to get on it, okay, because that's what everybody's talking about. And, you know, I love me some Reese Witherspoons from Legally Blonde, one and two. And, you know, I love me some Carrie Hilson, Olivia Pope. So, I'm here for that. So, that is another thing on my list. But, baby boy, got so much to do. I make all these lists for myself. I'm trying to tell y'all. It's a lot. What else we have on the Purple Panther Picks? Um, Kelly S. writes, one of the first things you want to do when you get out of lockdown. Baby. Oh, that is so hard. So hard. Uh, one of the first, Well, listen. One of the first things I want to do is I want to go to... Uh, a local restaurant. I have like one of my favorite restaurants here in Philly that I always go for happy hour and they have like mussels, calamari, and they've got like their specialty fries and I want to just go and sit at the bar by myself, order me a rum punch and just talk to the patrons around me. That's the first thing that I want to do. I'm literally going to leave my house and go running because I need Woo! Let me drink my water, y'all. Drink my water, but But aside from that, one of the first things I want to do is I want to go see my mom, Barb, in Delaware, see how her and John is holding up, see how, you know, my sister, a.k.a. my dog friend, Sunshine, is holding up. But, whoo, when the quarantine, when the lockdown is lifted, Ashley or Kelly, baby, I'm running to my favorite bar. I'm getting me a rum punch. I want some mussels. I want some fried calabari. And I want some, um, some french fries. Oh, they french fries are so crunchy. And then I asked for barbecue sauce, too, so I could dip my fries in the barbecue sauce. Don't judge me. But that's going to be a cheat day, okay? Because you don't allow to cheat day. Whew. Chile. Y'all got Y'all, listen. no pizza, okay? A happy hour. Y'all is really trying to, ooh, y'all trying to have me backslide. But listen, I'm staying locked down strong. Well, that is going to conclude this week's Purple Pants Picks. So if you guys got a pick or a topic, you know, Friday or Saturday, please check my Instagram and let me know what you are thinking. Now, let's keep it moving on to Advice with Bryce, because you know your baby boy got you. So, we got a really good Advice with Bryce uh, this week. Uh, so, let me read it to you. The person wants to remain anonymous. 
Um, but it says, <clears throat> ooh, excuse me, let me clear my throat. <laughs> um, hey, Bryce. Let me get okay. My family and I are Caucasian, and our 24-year-old son has been dating a young African-American female uh, for about a year. She's great. The relationship is serious. I'm worried about not making her feel perfectly welcome and respected because of the way that privilege has played a role in my life. I wish I could ask you to tell me how to be perfect in my relationship with her. But suppose there's no way to predict my gaps in knowledge or other sensitive areas. Can you just give me some clues about how to be thoughtful in this new relationship in my life? I have a few black friends and I've learned a lot from them. But my area is predominantly white. Honestly, my son's girlfriend comes from a town that was almost predominantly white and it wasn't a happy experience for her. So this is a really great question. And I like I feel, you know, honored that you would ask my, you know, thoughts on it. So I have to be honest, I did reach out to some of my friends, um, you know, about this, some of my African American female friends because I really wanted their perspective on it. And, you know, it was funny, so crazy because a lot of the common similarities that I received from all of the people were treat her like anybody else. Uh, you know, and <clears throat> although, you know, a lot of people like to say like, oh, I don't see race. Race isn't a thing. Like, but we all know we, we see race and there are differences. And so a lot of what my friends say, what I concur is, is that treat her like you would treat anybody else. Like, you know, if they are kind to you, be kind back. If they're sweet, be sweet. And I think it's also okay for you to like say, you don't know a lot of different things. And that's where the conversation happens of like, you know, asking her questions, um, you know, and obviously I would make sure that, you know, she's comfortable, but like, if there's an area that you are unaware of, like, you know, simply ask her. And I think that that is literally the best way to go about things. It's just like, you know, <clears throat> a, number one, acknowledging your privilege, which I think is so incredible because a lot of people um, that have privilege, they act like they don't know what privilege is. Like, you know, they act like it's a made up thing. So one, I think that you being able to acknowledge that is like kudos to you. Two, you just, you know, treating her like you would treat anyone else. And, you know, just also like if there are areas that you are uncertain of or unsure, it's nothing but a simple question and that you can pose it to her in a very respectful way um, to get clarity. Because like, and you know, another thing is like, don't assume that she is the, 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 you know, the be all end all of all black people. Like, you know, no, like, you know, she has her experiences of who she is and like, you know, she is, can speak for herself. Uh, a lot, a, a lot of the times I even think like as coworkers, I, I would have people ask me like, how do black people do this? How do black people do that? And it's like, well, I don't know how all black people do it. I'm only one black person. But what I can tell you is how I do things and like what my experience is. And so I just like, you know, I just think it's very crucial for you to, you know, want to ask the questions, but don't like, you know, try to like generalize and be like, how do y'all do it? Like, mm -mm, don't do that. Because like, sh she's not the answer for all black people. No one is like, you know, we are a collective group of people that, you know, we've got different cultures. We all come from different backgrounds. And so we're all different. And so it's more about getting to know her as an individual. And I think that that is one of the best ways uh, that you can kind of start this relationship with her. Um, and, you know, I think it's super healthy. 
another thing a lot of my friends uh, had responded to were, like, don't try to change your vernacular or how you speak. Or, like, you know, uh, a lot of the time, sometimes when people, like, people can code switch. But a lot of the consensus that I got from them was, like, you know, don't, you know, just continue to be who you are uh, and, you know, grow together. I think that that is one of the best things is that, like, you know, when two people that are different come together, like, the world is such, can be such an open place. And I just wish that there were more people like you that, you know, want to have the conversation, that are open to acknowledging the privilege that you have, because it, it, it really goes a long way um, about that. And so I, I definitely think that it's not a hard, you know, answer that I had. It's really just being respectful. It's really just taking the time to listen. And it's really about acknowledging that, you know, her point of view, her experience may be worldly different from you. You might see something that she does as far as like wrapping her hair up at night, you know, the type of food that she eats. Like, don't be judgmental. Try not to like, you know. But if you are inquisitive, ask in a respectful way. And I think that you will be able to kind of get the answer that you're looking for. And I feel like to the girlfriend, it like it will seem like you are extending an olive branch. And however, if you are truly genuine and truly friendly, she will already know that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and she will probably be more open to it and probably like, you know, be wanting to talk to you a lot more. Um, and so obviously like you are the mother of her boyfriend. So obviously she wants to be respectful to you. But again, I, I always can, I can sniff out a genuine person from a mile away. So I, I genuinely think that if you are from a kind place, you're respectful, um, you'll be able to bridge the gap and just be honest. Let her know, like, you don't know these things. And you would like to know to be able to, like, have a more respectful relationship with her. Um, and so I love it. And I, I just, like, I love this question. So I really hope that that helps. Um, please email me. I, I have a lot more uh, feedback that a lot of uh, my friends gave me. Um, so I can definitely share that with you if you would like. But please let me know. Uh, what you thought, and yeah, I, I love to hear from you. Yes, thank you for submitting your advice with Bryce. As always, if you guys have an advice with Bryce, you can email me at purplepantspodcast at gmail.com. That's purplepantspodcast at gmail.com. And your baby boy got you. Now, let's go on and get this done to the freak of the week, baby. So, you know, I'm minding my business, and you know, on Sunday morning, the new Tiger King came on out, okay? And I will save my thoughts on what I thought about the Tiger King for, you know, maybe another podcast that might come out this week. But what I definitely will say is, like, talking to Jeff Lowe or Jeff Lowe's and his wife, child, baby, the freakiest freak is that, that damn nanny, okay? Who, okay, like, I just, I, uh, she's going to have to be the freakiest freak this week because, I mean, girl, like, you know, she definitely is cute, but who, who hires a nanny because she cute, child? I prefer my nanny to be over 60 that didn't birthed a few children before that, you know, know how to swaddle, you know, know how to pat on the back and she choking. But, baby, listen, that new nanny is something else. She hotter than a fox, trot, worth, uh, eat to the fish, I don't even know. But, yes, ooh, I'm curious to know if you guys watched that Tiger King update. Uh, ooh, that was, I have a lot to say about that, but I'll save that for a more appropriate form. But yes, the freak of the week is Jeff Lowe's, you know, his new nanny, the hot nanny. She is cute, though. Uh, but yes, so that's going to conclude this week's episode of the Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. 
You are the best. Make sure you guys subscribe, rate this podcast, give me a review. I know we on lockdown, but listen, we ain't got to keep our spirits down. You know, we will get through this together. And you know, your baby boy got you every week with some Purple Pants Podcast. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, my make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants.